Today on the podcast, we're talking about how I build a yoga sequence and how you can too. Hi, and welcome to Happy Healthy Human Radio. I'm your host, Samantha Attard, coming at you from the beautiful Washington, D.C. I am an Ayurvedic coach, yoga instructor, and doula, sharing with you all the things I am learning about and teaching about so that we can all find a little more balance, bliss, and confidence in our everyday Thank you so very, very much for being a part of this community. And if you do enjoy this podcast, I invite you to subscribe, to rate and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share with a friend. It helps this podcast reach more people in the community and I appreciate your support in that goal. I wanted to give you a heads up in two weeks. The countdown is on. I am going on vacation because I'm actually getting married uh, on September 9th. And so I'm going to be off for about two weeks. I'm excited. No worries. We have so many fabulous episodes of this podcast. We're going to be rebroadcasting a few, some with some little updates. But wanted to give you a little heads up that things are going to get a little quiet at the beginning of September. And I appreciate your patience, and I appreciate y'all sticking around through the end of the summer. With that, let's talk about yoga sequencing. So why am I sharing about how I create yoga sequences, and why is this important for all of you? Well, first I'm sharing because I do think I have a unique way of sequencing yoga classes, and if you've been to my class, you know they are never really alike, and they're, they're, they're very unique for sure um, in the poses and in the ways that poses are put together. And they're, well, what I try to bring to it is to make them really, really thoughtful and to really make them uh, a strong connection of mind and body. So I often am thinking to myself, okay, what's, what's so useful about this whole yoga thing anyway? What separates yoga as a physical practice and asana as a physical practice from going spinning or going to kickboxing or just doing a run because I love all of those things too. So what makes yoga different? What makes it unique? And where I, where, what I have found, what makes yoga so unique, what makes yoga asana so beneficial to you and your body and your mind is this strong connection between energy and movement. And so the, the potential energy of thoughts and emotions and feelings and then the actual embodiment of them through your body and recognizing how our physical movements manifest in the energetic changes happening in our bodies and that to me is what makes yoga so unique and so powerful and so my greatest goal is to find such a strong and like I don't want to say perfect but but the most authentic connection between the words and the emotions and the thoughts and how we are physically representing them so that we have a true mind-body experience in each yoga sequence in each class that we do. That is my highest goal and it's kind of almost crazy when I say it out loud because it's a really huge one and I know I don't always meet the mark but that's what I'm always aiming for and again as far as I can tell not everyone does it this way so that's why I'm showing this. I also think it's really useful and important to help you so that you can create your own home sequences. I should talk about this more in my public yoga classes, but one of my goals in teaching people yoga is that they go home and do it themselves and that you can find a way to do yoga yourself day in, day out. And something that has to happen from that is that you have a wide repertoire of poses to call upon, but that you can also figure out meaningful ways to put them together. Because of course we could all just like do a down dog and then maybe like do a little twist and then lay in Shavasana. And that feels great. 
but we could make it feel even better. So I wanted to let you know how I go about creating a sequence so that you might be able to recreate this to some level for yourself and just have a better understanding of what the heck you're doing when you come into a class with Miss Samantha Attard. So when I am creating a sequence, whether it's for a public class, for a private client, for a corporate class, or even for myself, is I first start thinking about Ayurveda. Uh, Ayurveda, the sister science to yoga asana, it is uh, this way that we understand the energy of the world around us. And so I think about the time of day, the time of year, what's been happening in the world, what's the weather, so that I understand what is the external energy that is affecting everyone walking into my classroom. So has it been 98 degrees all week? Uh, has it been 30 degrees all week? Has it been really stormy and sad for like four days? Like what, is it Monday and we all need to be energized? Like what is happening in the external world? And this can help me understand what level of energy I want to bring to the class. So again, if it's been 98 degrees all week, this isn't the time to say like, let's do crazy abs and get ourselves pumped up because your body is already heated up and pumped up. You don't need my help to do any heating up and pumping up. You might need my help to cool down though. And so I look at, okay, what's the external energy in the world so that we can balance it in our class today? So that just gives me a general energy of what I want to bring. Then I think of a specific theme that I want to touch on, and this comes from lots of different places. I have many sources of inspiration uh, for my yoga classes, some of them sillier than others, because sometimes it's, you know, random dystopian teen novels or, you know, fantasy movies or the Jungle Book or whatever I've been seeing out in the world. So often it's what I've been learning about, what I've been reading about, something that I've been working on in my own life. So if I've been going through some sort of situation and I've been having some thoughts about it and really journaling about it, it might come from there. Often at times it'll also come from what's been happening with my clients. So if my client has had a specific issue show up in their life or a specific um, physical goal, it might show up in my public classes because, you know, I know that these situations are not unique. We all have similar goals. So once I have this theme, then I will figure out what's the energetic or physical physical representation of that theme. So for example, if I'm working on a client or working with a client on bravery and standing their ground, well, we're going to do a lot of grounding, standing, strong poses, right? So working on, you know, feeling grounded and supported, handstand might not be the most specific thing because think about handstand and especially for most people that don't hold very solid handstands, myself included, uh, you know, flinging yourself in the air doesn't feel really grounded. But we're, if, if we're in some wide-legged deep squats, some wide-legged chair poses, um, and these, these good lunges, like we're going to feel strong and grounded. And so that would be something that I think about. Or um, if someone, like if I'm working on expressing myself and expressing my needs, well, then I'm going to start thinking, okay, expression. That's the throat. That's the fifth chakra. So what can we do to strengthen the throat muscles. And so we're going to do more work around our necks, our heads, our shoulders to support that throat area. So I'll think about the actual theme and then try to map it onto the body somewhere or map it into an energetic place. Again, like grounding versus lightning. From there, with that understanding, I might think about a physical peak pose or focus. So uh, to use the example of working with the client on bravery, I've already thought, okay, we need to stand our ground. So what would be a strong pose 
that could take some effort that could really use the strength of standing our, gr our ground. And so what comes to mind right now is working a lot on, ooh, I'm gonna do this this week. This is a great idea. <laughs> we work a lot on, on malasana. We work on our yogic squat. We get in there. Maybe we're in these wide-legged chair poses. Maybe we are um, coming down to the ground, like, like squatting and then standing and squatting and then standing. Maybe it actually turns into a bird of paradise. So a bird of paradise is a really strong balance. We're on one leg and another leg is lifted up into the sky. It takes a lot of concentration and focus. And if you are not grounded in your standing leg, you're, you're not going to be there. It's not going to happen. So that's a pose that to me can be a physical representation of learning to stand our ground so much that we can do what seems impossible. Ha. Huh powerful stuff. Please remind me to do this, <laughs> this in a class soon. So, so I'll think of a peak pose that ties into the theme and the energy. And then I'll think, okay, so if we want to go into bird of paradise, where else do we have to go? Okay, well, like I mentioned, we're going to do all these squats beforehand to get us up and down, up and down. We're going to have to do some work on the inner thighs. We're going to have to do some stuff with the shoulders. So I know what we're going to have to hit through the class in order to make bird of paradise feel good. Because the funny thing, and, and often we don't notice this because it doesn't happen in every class, but there's certain classes where if I said bird of paradise, you'd be like, oh, and it would feel crappy and it would be really hard to get into. And then there's other classes where if you're physically prepared, I say bird of paradise and you're like, how did I get here? But it's so easy. So what my goal is, is to make the peak pose something that we feel ready for. So it's all about how would we actually work our way into the peak pose. Okay. I know this is not an easy, this is not a fast process that I use. Next one, and we're almost there, is what extras could support this? So I am pretty darn obsessed with mudras and pranayama, and these are other aspects of the yoga practice. So mudras are hand gestures. It's kind of like yoga for your hands. And the different hand gestures also create energy in our body. Uh, so a mudra for standing our ground and bravery. Maybe I'll use Ganesha mudra. Ganesha mudra, you clasp the fingers together, you pull the elbows apart, and you feel this strength. Ganesha is um, the elephant god, the remover of, remover of obstacles. So maybe we're going to oh, remove some obstacles, be strong right here. And then I might think of pranayama. Pranayama is breath work. And so what kind of breath would support this? energy? What sort of breath would help us do this? So an example that I've been using recently, uh, I've been using some pranayama of shatali pranayama, which is a cooling breath because it's been 98 degrees out. And so I can just add this in as a quick way to cool our bodies down through the practice. Phew. Okay. So we have all of the energetic themes. We know the peak pose we're trying to hit. We have these extras. So we have all these little tools that we can draw from. We've gone from this world of, I could do anything in my yoga class to being like, okay, I have a slightly smaller subset of things I can do in my yoga class. And then from there, I put it into a structure. So I always follow a relatively um, consistent structure in my yoga practice. This is something that I learned um, from this book. It's called The Heart of Yoga. Um, by um, Desika Shar. It's a beautiful text on the yoga practice, including asana and how we structure our, our yoga practice. And it's something that I've always felt very called to, felt very balanced from and, and continue to use in most of my classes. So the generic structure is to have some opening stretching postures, to do some sort of variation on sun salutations, to then move into standing poses. So these are like the warriors to do some balancing, 
inversions like headstands. Uh, then we'll do back bends and opening the heart. Then we do hip opening. Then forward folds. Then twists. And we end with Shavasana. So I have this kind of like chapters of a book that are in my head. And then I will fill the poses into each of those chapters based on everything that we did earlier. Everything about the energy, the theme, the peak pose, the muscles we need to move, the mudras, the pranayama. So they can just fit into all these little, these, all these little pieces. Um, and that's it. That's my structure. That's how I create a sequence. And of course, sometimes, you know, these things will move and change. Maybe I'll walk into class thinking we're going to do one thing. And then I look at, you know, the class that I'm, I'm facing and being like, oh, okay, we might not all get into Bird of Paradise, but we can work a slightly easier version of it. Or maybe everyone's got Bird of Paradise. This isn't going to be challenging. So how can we ramp up the challenge in this practice? So that's pretty fun to, to be able to play and move with this structure. And I'll play and move with it throughout the entire week. Um, but the best classes, the ones that I feel best teaching, are ones that have a really strong energetic theme that are really physically supported. So obviously your home practice might not have as intense of a structure. I mean, this takes me usually between 40 to 50 minutes when I'm creating a sequence. Um, so how would you bring it into practice for yourself? Well, start your yoga practice when you sit down on your mat. Start in a seated position or on your back and spend two to three minutes in a version of meditation, whatever that is for you. Just breathing and, and just choose an intention for yourself. Say, okay, what should, I, what, what should I learn in my yoga practice today? Or how am I feeling? Or what is it that I need for my yoga practice today? Just check in. Just see. You know, see what comes up. And you might ask yourself if there's any specific poses you want to play with, anything you want to do. Okay. Or you might notice your intention and say, okay, what, what relates to those intentions? So if I need to strengthen, how can I stay strong on the earth? Or if I need to bring the energy up, how do I really add some energy? And then you can start to move. And you don't always have to have a formal structure. When I do my yoga practice at home, I do um, obviously a much looser structure than what I'm talking about here. And sometimes I do something on the right side and I don't do it on the left side. Sometimes I do things on the left side, I don't do it on the right side. That's okay. That's totally perfect. That's fine. Um, you know, the goal is, of course, to find that balance, but sometimes you don't need it on one side. Sometimes you need to spend more time on the right, and the left side doesn't need it as much. So, so be open, be free with yourself, and just invite yourself to explore. Say, you know what, I'm going to be here for 20 minutes. Let's see what I want to do in 20 minutes. Sometimes I do that, and my 20 minutes are full of standing postures and balances and inversions, and it's crazy. Sometimes I invite myself to do that for 20 minutes and I lay on my back for 20 minutes. <laughs> Either one is perfect. Either one is your, your pose. I am really grateful that y'all uh, are listening in to understand how I sequence these classes, especially if you do come to take a class with me, you know, knowing this now. N notice it. See it. And then see if you can also add to that work of putting the energetic and physical focus together because it's going to make a difference in how you feel when you walk out of class and that is the coolest piece. That is super the coolest piece. Last thing I will say is if you're like, I don't know how to do this for myself. This feels really overwhelming and I know I want to create specific energetic feelings in my body and in my world, but I don't know how to get there. 
that's, that's why we have yoga. That's why we have private instructors. So I do yoga with private clients, even over Skype, even over uh, Google Hangouts or video. And it's really powerful and it's really amazing to help take the energetic themes you need and put them into your body. And if that's something you're interested in, please do send me a message. I'm sam at behappyhealthyhuman.com. You can always send me a message on Instagram as, as well. It's behappyhealthyhuman. Thanks so much for listening in. I would love to hear from you on your reactions to this. If you're a yoga instructor, how does this relate to how you sequence your classes? Um, I just love, I truly love this practice of creating sequences. To me, creating yoga sequences is the most creative act, one of the most creative acts that I do in my daily work, and, and I truly love it. So I'm just glad that I got to share this with you all today. I am wishing you so much love and light, and that light in me very humbly bows to the same light in each one of you. Namaste, friends.